Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. All right, my guest today on the A-Game Podcast is Josh Culler. He is the head of Culler Media. He does a lot of video marketing. So all the stuff you guys want to see today, you guys want to be today, from a brand ambassador to uh, an affiliate person, to a social influencer, to a YouTube star, or just a real estate investor that's trying to put yourself out there, get those Alex from Mosey style clips on there, get some eyeballs on you, get some conversions, get some people that want to sell their homes, buy all the stuff everybody's doing and putting themselves out there for. This is the gentleman that can help you get in front of more people, convert that and actually get some of the time back. That was a big thing for me. It was so much time gets put into it and you want to start to maximize it. If like, Hey, if I'm putting this, this much time and energy into putting this stuff out there, I want to make sure I'm, I'm following the, the right platforms and I'm hitting the right algorithms and I'm getting the right messages out there. And I'm, I'm saying things that are going to actually get in front of people instead of just talking to my webcam all day long. So he opened up a lot of really good concepts that you can take away, whether you are thinking about getting started as a video content creator or doing video marketing for your business. If you're already doing it, the best places to do it and how to get more engagement, how to get more growth and how to win at that. And then finding out the goals of why you should actually be doing that and reverse engineering this whole project, because you might realize that you don't even want to do it, or you might realize that the messages you're putting out aren't even in the right places or saying the right thing. So there's so many different things that we talk about from social media to content marketing, to YouTube, to clubhouse, to getting overwhelmed with stuff, to finding the right people, to actually finding the right tribes and communities. We talk about mindset, vulnerability. He says some very interesting stuff at the end that I personally asked him about. So make sure you guys stick around to the end. Because he gives some really good feedback and insight. A lot of people, especially if we're talking about putting yourself out there on social media, they worry about what people are going to think. They get nervous to put themselves out there. It's human nature. And he talks about basically a worst case scenario happening and how you handle it. And, and it was really a breath of fresh air for how the whole thing kind of went down. So swing the back, get yourselves in front of the right people. And uh, he gives a lot of great tips there. So thank you so much. I've been following Josh for a long time. He's part of a lot of really great groups and masterminds that I'm a part of as well. Some of them I hope to be a part of in the future, but it's long overdue for us to connect. He's basically my neighbor. We're going to go probably meet her pretty soon. And uh, I think you guys are really going to like this. He offers a lot of services. This was one of those podcasts where I didn't even get to a quarter of the things I wanted to actually talk about. So I got to have him back on, but it's one of those topics that you could just take days on. So he's got podcasts, he's got resources, but definitely link up with him. He does consultations. He does for you stuff, how to do stuff, all kinds of different things. So go on the links, follow color media, uh, jump on there, follow him on social media. And if you want any help getting started growing asking questions before you do it, equipment. I mean, he really catches, he checks all the boxes you're here doing this podcast. So reach out to him for sure. Let him know that we sent you over. And while you're there, the way that we continue to get really great guests on this podcast, like Josh coming out for free, giving you guys timeless, huge value for things they've done right, things they've done wrong, and things that you can take away from those lessons is by just subscribing to the podcast. So please, the fee for the show is just to go on, Follow it on iTunes, subscribe to the YouTube channel, wherever it is you listen to your podcast. It's available everywhere. If you get a minute or two and you want to leave a five-star review, that would be awesome as well. 
and you're going to see me on social media. So just as Josh was saying, there's algorithms there. If you're not liking, sharing, or reposting, or just tagging somebody in the clips from the show, we do three, four, five clips from every show. You guys are scrolling away all day on social media anyway. So please just like, just follow. If I'm not popping up everywhere on nicknicknick.com slash links, L-A-N-K-S, you'll see all the ways to subscribe to the podcast and all the ways to follow me on social media. So please follow me, like some stuff so I do stop popping up in your algorithms. And then uh, we can go from there and we continue to have another 250 great episodes with great people for you guys. Message me, let me know what you want to see, who you want to have on, what more questions I can answer. And I hope to really keep this party going. But you guys are going to be the ones that help that by engaging on social media and by subscribing to the podcast. And this whole thing is really about investing together. So I want to do deals together, whether you want to buy from me, whether you want to sell to me, or whether you just want to partner on some level and you're not really sure how, either DM me the words real estate on any of the social media platforms so my assistant knows to send it to me or just text me directly at 516-540-5733 to start that discussion today. Last but certainly not least, go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets for a free checklist on how to bring more values to your buyers, whether you're a real estate broker, wholesaler, or agent. And of course, anything we can do for you, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for Josh Culler coming on. Thank you so much for Matt Andrews for putting such a great mastermind together with such great people. A-Game Podcast, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. Thank you. All right, my guest today is a former athlete and baseball player, entrepreneur, author, podcast host, and real estate investor turned content marketing master. He is the founder of Color Media, and he specializes in video content for real estate investors, going from everything from YouTube to podcast hosts, of course, and social media of all kinds, from content to repurposing for over the last seven years. He's helped hundreds of investors. He's also the author of The First 25, and he most certainly is our guest today that I've been trying to actually get for a long time. You and I have connected on social media. I've been watching your stuff and I've been patiently waiting for the time I could have you on here. So I'm really excited, dude. I've been waiting a long time. I've been watching your stuff. I'm a big fan of what you're doing. Welcome to the A-Game Podcast, Josh Culler. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. And hey, like, I, I'll be back. If you if you want me back, you you got it. <laughs> so, Anytime, man. Open yeah. invite. Open invite, especially since I just found out we're pretty much neighbors. Yeah, neighbors. An hour away. That's that's neighbors. It's I mean, I grew up on the south side of Chicago, so like we're we're right there, Chicago land, and it's a pretty big region. So yeah, yeah, we're all we're all happy family. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So so kind of piggybacking here for people who maybe haven't been following you yet and they're not familiar with you, can you give a thirty thousand foot view of who you are and where you came from? Yeah, for sure. So I'll try to condense it. I mean, I've been in this uh, industry, specifically the real estate investing space for uh, 11 years now. It's crazy. I'm an old man. I just turned 30. So um, I actually got into this. I got into this space when I was 19 years old. Um, a lot of people know who Gary Harper is. He's a uh, um, EOS and uh he has his own products, but it's similar to like an EOS. That's kind of where he, he started off. And he does business consulting for real estate investors. And um, he's been doing that for a while. But before that life, he was uh, partners in a wholesaling company with a couple other guys out here in Northwest Indiana. But we're operating in five different states in the Midwest out here. And this was back in, you know, 2012, 13, 14, 15. So it was a much different market. And um, Gary actually hired me to help him with, uh, he was specifically in charge of wholesale deals in Michigan and Ohio, brought me on specifically to do that. And it kind of merged into me being a marketing director for that organization. And that's where I kind of got my footing and my grounds in the real estate investing space. And under the wing of Gary for, you know, six years as, as you know, I know people would pay hundreds of thousands of dollars for that. So um, that was, that was great. And Gary and I go way back as well, but 
Um, I was in and around this for a long time. And then 2019, I went full-time into what I'm doing now, which is specifically servicing real estate investors. Um, we do work with a lot of educators, podcasters, and YouTubers and social media influencers and stuff like that, but all within the real estate investing space, uh, helping manage their social media, YouTube content, podcasting. And there's a slew of other things that we do as well. And it's all on the organic side. A uh, lot a lot of it is based around video content. And so that's what we we do now. And I also do stepping into the consulting and coaching world for this kind of stuff. So um, that's going to be fun. But that's kind of the nutshell. That's awesome, man. I think it's very prevalent. I think you're the first like really video marketing specialist they've had on here, which is interesting because everybody these days is trying to get out there and, you know, do the thing with the captions and be the next Alec Hormozzi and things like that. So obviously if it was that easy, that all you had to do is turn on your phone and post something on Instagram, everybody would have hundreds of thousands of followers and be converting all their leads. So there's obviously a lot more to video marketing than that. So one of the things I definitely want to kick your way is uh, I always call it the onion. Like you think you have an idea how things work and then you start to actually learn about it from somebody like you who's an expert and you realize you back. all these different yeah. layers to it and then <laughs> gets very overwhelming. But you're a black belt in this, man. So what are some yeah. marketing myths and misconceptions that people may have about video marketing and video content creation? You know, it actually is really simple. I, I get the, I get this. This is the most common question I get. Like, what's the secret sauce? What's the thing that like can put you above everybody else and, you know, help you fast track outside of like, you know, you can always pay for, you know, subscribers and followers and views and stuff like that. And there's there's a right way to do it. And there's a wrong way to do it, obviously, just like anything else. But granted, if you don't have that budget, for most people, they try to detach social media from their overall marketing. Unless you're specifically trying to be like a Mr. Beast style influencer, you know, that's just uploading content. And then that at some point, like content creation is going to be your full-time gig. You should be leveraging social media and content as marketing and don't detach it from your overall marketing plan. So if you're an active real estate investor, then, you know, and you're trying to acquire deals for motivated sellers, you got to leverage social media and content for that specifically, not try to put out content about mindset and health and stuff like that. Cause that's not in alignment with what you're trying to accomplish on the flip side. If you're a coach, you're an educator, then you should be delivering value about what you specifically educate in. And that helps bring in the organic eyeballs to convert, right? So outside of that conversation, the primary things that I always look at are the fundamentals, the frequency and consistency. Those are like the biggest three key things within the overall content marketing scheme, not just social media, but everything, podcasting, you know, book writing, articles, blogs, like every, email, emailing, you know, email campaigns and just everything that goes into content marketing organically the fundamentals, as long as you're doing the fundamentals correctly. So for instance, on social media, the big, bold captions, holding attention with, you know, quick cut scenes and stuff like that, and not lollygagging throughout the videos, getting right to the point within the first three to five seconds of the video. That's a fundamental piece that you have to make sure you're implementing. There's, you know, a lot more um, strategic things that go into that side of things, but it's not overcomplicated. And then frequencies, you got to make sure you're putting out the proper frequency. If you're putting out one podcast a month, it's going to it's gonna be a grit and a grind for 10 years before you see any kind of results. Um, you have to make sure you're, you know, and, and every platform kind of has their consistency factors and they don't, you know, platforms don't outright come and say like, okay, you need to be uploading three videos a day on, you know, Instagram in order to see results. It's not how it works. A lot of it is testing. Again, this is why it's in the marketing realm. 
but frequency is a big thing. You got to make sure you're giving yourself what I like to call the at bats. You got to make sure that you're giving yourself enough at bats so that you can hit the ball when it comes your way. When you get a fastball right down, you know, the middle and you're able to, you know, crush it. That's, you're not going to have that chance if you, you don't give yourself enough at bats. And then the the third thing is consistency. This is like, it, it's marketing 101 and it's something that everybody knows, but nobody cares. Like nobody, every, everybody wants the instant success and they're not willing to put in the time that it takes to get to where you're supposed to be at. I forget exactly um, like what the kind of marker is, but you know, there's, there's, you know, kind of a, a tail out there that says that you have to put in 40,000 hours worth of work to be a professional at something. And, and of course, like you're not necessarily trying to be a professional, you know, content creator, but in the marketing world, you got to put in a lot of time and a lot of effort into what you're doing here. Um, and you know, the funniest thing that I get is when people come to me after two months of posting and they're like, I haven't seen anything come in. I'm like, you <laughs> haven't even skimmed the surface. You haven't even broken through like the film in order to be able to get to where you're supposed to be. I mean, consistency over a long period of time doing the fundamentals correctly with the right frequency that's honestly the game that's it that's all it is that's awesome it's like anything else everything nothing's an overnight success it all takes time you got to plant the seed you got to water the seed you got to check on it so I, yeah. I think that's good, man. A little, little bit of nurture, a little love and care. But getting started, I think, is obviously one of the things where I think there's two. It, it always blows me away at the two complete opposite sides of the spectrum people are. So you have the one side of people that are like, it's so easy. Like, why would I need somebody like you? All I got to do is kind of post some stuff and I'm going to have a million fans. And then you got the other yeah. people who the second you tell them, like, it's going to be a little bit hard. They're like, well, it's too late. Why would anybody want to watch me? You know what I mean? So it's either like too yeah. easy or it's, it's impossible. You've already missed the boat. Like I don't find anybody who's like comes in right off the bat. That's like realistic about, well, I'm going to work it. It's going to be a couple of years. I think, like you said, they look for like the next kind of get rich quick scheme or the next magic diet pill. But if somebody right now is a real estate investor, a business owner, a podcast host, or looking to be an influencer on some level, and they just came to you and they said, Hey, I just want to get started. Like what would be your advice to just even getting started right now? Or is it even, is it even too late to start right now? No, it's not too late to start. I think that's a misconception in the marketplace too, is people like, oh, well, all, all of the fruit has been picked off of the Instagram tree or like the podcast world is so saturated. But the way you have to think about it is, of course, like there's a conversation to be had of like, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's more than enough to go around. But the reality is, is that let's say I, I, on the podcasting platform, on the circuit of podcasting, and let's just say it's specific to, um, you know, the overall umbrella of business podcasting. So like any podcast that has to do with talking about business, finance, real estate, entrepreneurship, whatever, that's a pretty big umbrella. And in those um, under that umbrella, you have smaller umbrellas underneath that, that go into specifically real estate or specifically entrepreneurship or specifically finance or, you know, whatever it is, you have all those realms. But the reality is, is that the more creators that go onto these platforms, the more users will come to the platform to consume the content. Um, I think we really saw this and, you know, granted how it ended up, but a really good testament to this was Clubhouse where it launched and then all of a sudden it just got flooded with users because there were so many content creators going to the platform. And then a, it was one of the largest launches of a social media platform ever. And just all these users came to the platform to consume content, even though very quickly it became saturated. Now, of course, how it ended up was they didn't innovate the product. And so it just died off. And, you know, 
you need to have on-demand stuff. You can't just expect live content to be the end-all be-all. Um, but another great example is TikTok, of course. Like in the early days of TikTok, very few people were creating content. 2020 hit, and then people started getting bored. I personally know of a couple of real estate investors that uh, you know exploded onto the scene, and it was off the back of TikTok in its heyday. And that was because they just consistently put content out. And before that wave of people, that first wave of real estate investors hit the content algorithms with TikTok, there was nobody on TikTok consuming business content. Nobody was consuming entrepreneurship or real estate advice. Like it was all entertainment. That's all it was. But it takes that first wave of people to come to the platform and start to put content out. And then more users will come for that specific type of content. So that's the way you kind of have to think about it. And, it, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that, again, I'll go back to my original conversation of consistency, is the more consistent you are, you're just going to weed out yourself from everybody else that's going to give up after two to six months. Um, there's, there's a lot of statistics out there that, you know, talk about like, you know, if you start a podcast today, X amount of people will drop off in, you know, six months, X amount of people will drop off in 12 months. The, and, and truthfully speaking, like if you just stay consistent with a podcast, let's say you plan to do one episode a week and you do that for 52 weeks out of the year, 12 months out of the year, you're consistent with it. You have weeded yourself into the top like 0.001% of podcasters on the planet just by putting consistent content out. So to me, it's a lot more of a commitment conversation. Are you willing to commit your time to that and put the grind into it? And and I actually just, I was on a podcast yesterday about this, Nick, and um, I said something I've never said before. And I'm like, dang, this, this makes a lot of sense. So we have a world of social media, podcasting, YouTube, just content, social media stuff that has been proven to work and create successful influencers and create successful paths in marketing to build a substantial education business or whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish. Um, personal brands, it, it works. And the reality is people know it works. That's why people try to start doing it. And then they get into it and they're like, wow, this isn't as easy as I thought it was. But the ease of it is not the skill. It's not the tactics. It's the consistency of putting it out every single day or every single week. That's, that's the hardest part for people. And frankly, like, you know, a lot of people get stumped with what type of content do I put out and stuff like that. That's the easy part because all you're doing with the topics of conversation that you talk about in a podcast or social media videos, you're just answering questions that your target demographic has about what it is you do, your industry, you know, the how to's and stuff like that. And that's why it's very important to understand why you're doing social media. So that brings me around to the last point is um, I call it the North star, making sure that you have a specific point of where you're wanting to push. Like, let's say you were blessed with a thousand um, 100,000 followers on Instagram just overnight, where do you want them to go after they watch your videos? What do you want them to do? Do you want them to convert and you know buy your coaching product or going to your mastermind or invest money with you? What do you want them to do? That's how you kind of have to frame up everything that you do in the social media world. And that's honestly as simple as it is. And then, you know, of course, marketing one-on-one is you need to know your target demographic better than they know themselves. So the part of it's like, okay, well, where do they hang out? So if I'm trying to raise private capital and I'm trying to get credit investors, why would I put content on on TikTok? Because that's not 
that's not where they hang out. They hang out on LinkedIn. They listen to podcasts. They hang out on Facebook. So knowing where they're at and putting the proper contextual content to them is important, but that's why you you need to know your demographic. So all that is where you would start. And if I had to boil it down to, you know, step one through three, know why you're doing it, know who you're doing it for, and then just execute. And that's it. That's and stay consistent. That's inside the execution phase. But for some reason, people just <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> so that's awesome. It's an interesting thing about human nature. I mean, I say the same thing with anything with jujitsu, you know, baseball people, oh, everybody wants to hit a home run, but they don't want to put the, the reps in with that at the at the plate or whatever. So I think you touched on a couple of really good things here. I think there's a number of different directions we could touch on there. But one of them that you brought up that I think is super interesting is you talked about clubhouse and technology and stuff like that. So I had two pivoting questions off of this, but one of them is clubhouse was a really good example for me of initially it came out. And I think a lot of people thought they missed the TikTok boom or they missed the Instagram boom. And then you went, well, this is like my time to not miss it. And I've never seen anything like that, dude. Like I would be doing podcasts and I asked people about Clubhouse and they would have like different phones and stuff in the background. They'd yep. be on these rooms and they'd put me on pause and they'd be coming in and speak. And, but every, like you said, it wasn't a scalable model, but then it fizzled out. And I, like people wasted months just kind of building up these brands there. And some of them did well with it, but not. But now you have threads coming out. Like there's always a new thing. Now every day I'm getting an alert about new people on threads and follow this person. So when you're coming through mm -hmm. this, what are some things you look for? Like, how do you know what to dive into and how do you know what to ignore and stay the course on? Like, where's the shiny object and where's the actual life raft? That's a great question. And a question that none of people ask about, but I want to go back to, it's, it's not directly answering your question, but it's in the factor of like the context of your question and what people did on clubhouse, if they were successful, because, because there's people that I know that are ultra successful off the back of clubhouse they've been able to build a brand but that's what they were strategically doing once again it's going back to the conversation of you're only leveraging clubhouse as marketing and not as clubhouse it's just a tool to get people back into your ecosphere whether that's you know signing up for your your coaching programs or doing deals with you lending money or whatever it is you've got to get them back to your platforms which you know your website and things that you own your email campaigns the, the data that you can collect from people but I know people who built substantial businesses off the back of a clubhouse or TikTok and have been able to kind of launch that, use that as a propelling, I say, ride the wave, you know, the waves eventually die out at some point, but you know, as crazy as it sounds, it's like, oh, YouTube's never going away. Facebook's never going away. I don't feel like they will, but there's always a possibility. It takes, you know, one crazy legislation to go through you know, the court system and then, you know, the shut down Facebook. Um, and, and, you know, people, people never thought that, you know, a MySpace or, um, you know, even like Vine would go away because of how popular it was and how, you know, planted it was into the, the ecosystem of everything that goes on within, you know, the social world, but they did go away. And the reality is, is that if you're leveraging a platform, you should be dragging people back to, a platform that you own that is built and you're building a brand, not just a presence on one social account. That's very important to understand because if I, you know, let's say like clubhouse got shut down and I built up a following of a million followers, but I never pushed them to anywhere else. I never pushed them to sign up for my email campaigns and, you know, join my webinar, or I never pushed them back to my podcast or my YouTube channel and dispersed the proper way 
then I would have lost all of that. I would, you're, you're right. It would have been a waste. And people, you know, off the back of that, a million people know who I am. But on the other hand, now, you know, I'm leaving it up to them to try to go find me after, you know, we've lost the context of Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. So some of the most successful people that I've seen on social media, again, going back to saying leveraging a TikTok is they built up a, you know, today it's very hard to do anything on TikTok. TikTok has evolved into a pay to play platform. You can put, you know, consistent uh, contextual content out on TikTok and see some results, but it's harder than it ever has been from an organic perspective. Now, if you spend money with them, you got favorability. So that's a different conversation. But at the same time, TikTok was one of those things where you had a wave of about a year and a half where organic was just crushing. You could have zero followers and build it up to 100,000 within a six-month time frame just by posting two videos a day, even if they weren't super valuable, just off the back of the conversation. But the right people that did it pushed people to other platforms. They pushed them to a YouTube channel that they had and said, I have more content off of these 60-second videos on my YouTube channel. Make sure you go check it out. It's And YouTube or podcast is a highly more monetizable platform. So they were only leveraging TikTok to push people back because they understood that TikTok is a is a platform where there's not a lot of conversion, but you can get a lot of eyeballs. But you, if you weed out the right people to your podcast or your YouTube channel, that's a higher converting platform because they're committing 60 minutes to you, not 60 seconds. So it's just understanding kind of the functions and how you should thread them all together. And once again, just going back to the conversation, making sure you involve all of it into your overall marketing plan and don't detach it as just TikTok or just Clubhouse. And I think that's that's extremely important to understand. And it's a boat that a lot of people miss out on. So um, I know I, I kind of went off into a direction that you sort of brought up, but then I want to make sure I circle back around. So can you ask that question one more time Dude, you, that you, you asked before I went into that? You, <laughs> I, I think I may have hit it, but you did. Yeah, uh, you, <laughs> okay. you totally hit it. So like, you know, because the question was like, how do you know where the shining object is? And how do you know where the raft is? And yeah. The point was, it doesn't matter. You kind of grab both and you bring them back onto right. the ship, right? You know, right away. Yeah. So, so uh, yeah. So I was, I was, um, I was on target. So like, yeah, yeah, yeah you're there, you're there. The <laughs> end of the day, it's just ride the wave. It's just making sure that you see and you test. It's it's market analysis, right? So it's in the marketing world, you test things, you test threads, you test if you, if you never had done Twitter before. Maybe threads is threads is a different platform. So maybe it's even though it's similar to Twitter or X or whatever they're calling it now. Then it's like, well, let me test it and see if there's any viable option here. And the people that were successful on Clubhouse or TikTok in the early days, they just tested it, contextually put out content that made sense for what the platform wanted, did it consistently, and that's how they achieved the success on the platform. That's the important thing to understand about it. So I think a lot of it is just testing, but then also making sure like you're a consumer as well. The best, you know, the best, um, if you go to athletics, the best athletes in any pro sport are the ones that study the game more than anybody else, meaning they're cons- they're a consumer of that game that they're playing as well. Um, and I think that it's no different in the world of social media. If you're going to be able to conquer and do well within Instagram or within podcasts, you need to be an avid consumer of that and see, you know, okay, this podcaster is doing this this way. I think that could work for my audience as well. Let me give that a try. 
And I think that's very important, especially if you're going to try to finesse and get more involved with your audiences and build that up. Um, that's, that's the truth in like, okay, I don't want to waste time on this platform, but I also think there might be something there. Let me test it thoroughly and consistently. And if it doesn't work after six months, okay, well, no harm, no foul. So that's right. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense, man. I think that's great info. You reminded me of so much stuff too, because I'm a big comedian fan. And uh, a lot of these guys will pop up on Rogan or wherever, like Chris D'Elia's and a lot of these guys. And they ask about, well, how did he get so big? How did he get such a big following? And you're hearing like Dane Cook became famous from MySpace. And then you see Chris yeah. D'Elia became famous through, through Vine, like things that today yep. people don't even remember those existed. Those were the things that those guys piggybacked an entire career that 10, 15 years later, they're still benefiting from the audience they built when that that uh, that that whole platform pops. Yeah. So, man, I, I think you just nailed it. That's a really good thing. You know, a, a different analogy, but I, I used to always like watch Mike Tyson videos, and they they would interview him, and they say, "Mike, why do you say all this crazy stuff?" And they'd say, "Man, I got to sell tickets. I got to put butts in seats." And I started thinking a little bit about what you were saying, like. Twitter's a commercial, LinkedIn's a commercial. These are all commercials yeah. to get to the show. The advertising. Which is yep. YouTube. And then YouTube, now you go to the movie, which is the lot. Like, so it's all kind of like, a, you know, getting the eyes out there. So I think it's good. Advertising. There's no such thing as too much advertising, right? And the more places you can yeah. put it, the more places people are going to see it, the better off you're going to get. Like I said, it's just, you treat it as marketing. That's the most important piece of all this. If you're a business, if you're putting out content in order to, you know, sell a product or service. That's that's the caveat. That's what you got to make sure that you're focused on. Yeah, I feel like the the posts that I do that are the best is when I make a pouty face and I show my butt. I'm, I'm totally <laughs> <laughs> that's that would work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, so pivoting this now, one of the things. So when people start, obviously it's what what do I even post? Like, so I'm getting started now. Yeah. I took Josh's advice. I know how to get started, but how to find good topics is a big thing that people I think worry about that you seem to say is really not something they should. So if people are worried about how to find good content, how would they find good topics to make content on? If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com, go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure, or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today. Yeah. You know, what's hilarious is that you're saying that um, every time. So I use the word content a lot. And every time I go to do a voice text on my phone, I say content, but then it translates it to contact. I'm like, <laughs> I don't know how that happens. But anyway, that's, I thought that was kind of funny because I, I feel you, man. That's don't feel bad cl there. close words. Got shoveled. Yeah, exactly. So um, here's there's a few simple things that you can do. Again, I'm going to go back to a statement that I kind of skimmed over earlier is content marketing. All it is, the way you treat it, of course, within marketing is it's just answering questions that your target demographic has about what you do, your industry and the inner workings of all of it. So again, I'll, uh, and you know, some of your listeners may or may not be in the real estate investing space, but I'll go back to a good analogy that I always use is 
um, in the real estate investing space, when I'm working with say active investors that are trying to put video content out towards motivated seller leads and they're leveraging it as a resource more than anything, they're not putting out daily content because not building an Instagram following of hundred thousand motivated seller leads. They're not interested in that. It's transactional. So it's all principle. It's based on what are they searching for? So a motivated seller lead might be thinking when they're, you know, motivated at 2 a.m. in the morning, because that's when they thought about their problem that they're dealing with is I inherited this house. What do I do with it now? Because it's going to be a burden for me. So what are they going to do? They're going to open their phone. They're going to go to Google. They're going to start typing in. What do I do with my inherited house in Chicago, Illinois? And if a video that you put out is answering that question, then you will build instant credibility with them. And that video is living on the web as a 24-hour salesman for you. And that's all it is. And then who's going to call you first thing in the morning based off of the video where you deliver value and told this person how to solve their problem and that you could solve it for them. That's literally how it works. It's, it's the same principle for any industry you're in. Again, I don't care if you're a donut shop. You got to understand what are your, what are your, you know, your target customer, what questions are they asking? What are they concerned with? What problem are they solving? And of course, like as a donut shop, are you really solving problems? Kind of no, but it's also like treat it that way because maybe they're hungry. They got a sweet tooth and they're really craving a great place to get a donut and you can offer that for them. They still have a problem, whether it's a problem or not, it's still a problem in their mind. And so you're there to solve it, but you can't expect them to try to find stuff on their own. You need, if you can lay it out to them, just literally present it to them and say, I'm your saving grace. Here's a little bit of information about it. Come to me. That's the type of content that you want to put out. So in a nutshell, some of the best ways to be able to create topics for content is literally just ask, what are my customers or my prospects asking about my service or product about the industry and how that all works? What are they asking about that? And what I find people do is they think about it like, oh, here's a topic, but I think that's too simple. We got to remember, they don't do what you do on a daily basis. That You have to treat it like they've never heard of you before. They've never heard of what you do. And so you got to bring it down to an elementary level. And whether you think it's, it should be or not, you got to remember, again, in our in our space, it's like there's a lot of jargon. There's a lot of you know, technical terms that go into what we do. So don't use any of that. Break it down into simplicity for them because the more simple it is for them to consume your content and get value out of it, the more likely they are to convert with you. Um, a very a very great kind of line of thinking is that you got to remember. So when it comes down to not taking action, like if somebody doesn't sell a house to you or somebody doesn't buy a donut from you, the number one reason why people back out of stuff is because of lack of knowledge. Well, how can you facilitate lack of knowledge? It's by filling that knowledge in with the questions that they're asking about what it is you do, your services and your product. And so um, and people back out because of fear. And normally the biggest facilitator of fear is lack of knowledge. So then you still backtrack that and you can literally eliminate a line of fear of them moving forward just by answering questions that they have through video content, through social media content. And that's really all it is. Um, another great way is to obviously, of course, audit your competition. So see what your, your competition's doing. So take a look at what type of videos they're putting out, what topics they're putting out, what's getting good rankings and stuff like that. Of course, go to like Google Keyword Analyzer and stuff like that and YouTube. A great, a great way to do it. I think it's a little cheesy, but people go to YouTube and they'll start typing in a topic and see what spits it out. But a newfound tool 
that will make everything easy for you is chat DTP. I mean, <laughs> people are riding the wave and I'm not like, I'm not one of those guys that I'm like huge on AI. Like, oh, I got it. Like my whole business is run on AI robots. Like, no, but listen, if I'm trying to think about, I'm about to sit down with a client, you know, I can come up with topics myself fairly easily. I just can, I can think outside the box when it comes to that stuff, but I'm going to look up ChatGTP and say, ChatGTP, I need a hundred topics about for video content and social media about my donut shop. And it'll spit out real data on what people are searching for. Cause that's the important thing. If you're not putting content out on what people are actually searching for, then you're just going to waste your time. So that's how to do it. It's simple. And honestly, I would maybe start from my ladder yeah. uh, strategy because it works. <laughs> so. That's incredible, man. Awesome. So now let, let's say again, we take them through this process. You convince it. Okay. I'm, I'm in now. I want to do some content. And then I decide I'm willing to put the time and I'm willing to put the work in. And then you give me some stuff on chat GPT. You give me some ways to check competition. Now I start putting out, I got my podcast out. I got my stuff going on. Maybe I'm doing classes and I'm cutting clips, but now you're repurposing social mm -hmm. media uh, or your clips from your content into social media, which is like, Again, I, I think the original reason I connected with you was because I do that and it takes so much time. And then the more you start to learn about it, it's like, well, now what song do I use and what's trending here and what titles, yeah. and what colors? And there's all these different things that go into it. So for you, what is the key to repurposing social media? Now, I know, again, like we talked a little bit about that, that's it's all commercials. It's little snippets. It's commercials for your yeah. show. But what are some some thoughts, feelings, tips, and tricks for stuff that people are doing right or wrong and that we should be paying attention to for repurposing content on social media? Yeah, so we have this conversation pretty often with our internal team because we produce thousands of clips, if you will, um, on a weekly basis for the clients that we work with, and we post them as well. So normally the client doesn't even see what goes out until it's actually gone out. So we we manage all of that for people. And the important piece of it, the 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 like eighty five to ninety percent of the work is the actual clipping of the content itself. So let's take outside of the picture because there's really two ways you can go about putting social media content out. Number one is if I open my camera and I sit in front of the camera for sixty seconds and I'm only recording the video for social media. That's the intended purpose. Then I edit that and put it out. That's easy to do because now I don't have to clip it or anything. I might need to clean it up a little bit, but that's about it. But an efficient way, of course, is if we have an hour-long podcast like we're about to be on here, there's probably a lot of nuggets that we could walk away with and clip those out and then repurpose them for social media, just like you're talking about. If we're doing that method, one of the biggest pieces that I see people kind of missing the boat on is they put out great clips. And ultimately, if you watch the whole video all the way through, they'll deliver some really good contextual value. But the very beginning, the how it starts and how it ends, that's like literally the first five seconds and the last five seconds of a 60 second video does 90% of the legwork for you. It's super important, but people miss out on it. So the first five seconds should be obviously a hook. And this is nothing new. This is marketing 101. But I see a lot of people trying to get away with just posting content and there's no real like, you know, they're throwing the 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 hook out into the water type thing. They're just kind of like, let it drift out into the water as opposed to like just dropping it in there. And then, you know, there's, there's a pounding like sensational statement or a question that's being asked in that first five seconds. That's what keeps people's eyeballs on the videos. And that's what circulates the algorithm. That's what causes the algorithm to put your video organically into more viewers feeds 
as time goes on, right? So it's that and retention rate. So of course you need to make sure within the video that you're delivering good value. You're not like putting fluff out there. You're not taking too much time to get to a point. You need to make sure you get to the point quickly. And that could be very easy to do. But in the clipping process, if you're going to take a 45 to 60 second clip out of a long form piece of content, that can be a challenge because you don't really get to choose what's being said on the video. You're clipping out what's already been said on the video, right? If I'm shooting a video specifically for social media and it's only going to be a 60 second recording, I can craft it a lot easier for social media. But if I'm clipping it out, there's a little bit more finesseness that needs to go into it as opposed to just clipping a good piece of content out. So um, I would highly advise as, you know, if you have a video editing team, make sure that they're looking for content where it's like, maybe there's a statement that's being said. And then even if they need to fast forward it another 30 seconds in order to get to the meat of what, what is being said, then do that. Like you might have to shift and move some things around as you're editing the video and putting it together. But I think people move through it too quick and they don't, they don't think about, okay, how, how's this video starting? And is it enticing enough for people to actually stop? You know, it's gotta be a thumb stopping statement or question. And that's the reality. And then the rest of the video is supposed to hold the retention and keep people on there. And then the last five seconds, which is a lot, a lot of people miss out on. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot of people kind of do um, a looping video. So it'll make it, you know, a seamless transition from the end of the video going back because social media platforms will replay the video as many times as you stay on the video until you scroll past it again. So that's one way to do it. If you're trying to build a following or a presence on a specific platform, but if you're still leveraging it as marketing, I like the call to actions. That method is, is going to be the most beneficial to a business as opposed to an influencer. So the last five seconds, we do, we kind of approach it in two different ways. One way is that we'll have a clip of the client giving the call to action. So it's like, Hey, this is Josh with color media. If you want to learn more about working with me on your social media strategy, click the link in my bio. And that's the call to action. So it's quick and to the point, but it's after I've delivered the value already. And that's the important thing there. So it transitions from the value into the call to action. And you need to say, if you're this person and you need this, go here, specific instructions. And that could even be as simple as, if you want more tips on social media, make sure to follow me. And that's, you know, if you're, if you're, if you're a business owner, you want more tips on social media, make sure to follow me, um, click that follow button, like this video, whatever. But a lot of people miss out on opportunities with call to actions because it truly does. It sounds simple. And it's like, well, wouldn't they know to do that anyway? But until people are told to do something, normally they won't do it. And if you're telling them while they're on the video, just have a higher chance of getting a better bang for your buck when you're putting content out and especially the time that you're spending on it. So. That's a fantastic answer, man. And again, I think some of the, there's so much information out there and there's so many opinions out there that I think people get analysis paralysis and they forget some of the basic principles of things like marketing and just, you know, taking yeah. action, telling people what to do. So I think that's great stuff, man. There, There's a whole other direction that I definitely want to talk about too. But before I go in that other direction quick, I know we're kind of getting tight on time. What are some things as far as marketing? Cause there's a lot of real estate investors that listen to this one. So what are some tips or tricks for video marketing for real estate investors that maybe they could take away from this? Yeah. Outside of all the things that we've talked about, cause we've gone, like you've asked some really good questions and we've gone pretty deep and um, I've, you know, a lot of it is like, just as you go along, you're going to be getting better. You know, don't expect yourself to be a, a star that's walking into 
you know, recording a batch of videos and you are going to nail it on the first try it, and you've never been on camera before. That's just not how it works with anything else. Practice, you know, perfect practice makes perfect. So like, as long as you're trying your best and giving it everything and you're setting yourself up for success, then do that. But, you know, I see a lot of people, you don't know how many offices or houses I've walked into, um, homes of clients that I've walked into where I saw a pile of, you know, $10,000 worth of camera gear sitting in the corner, still in boxes. And they have me there to either set it up for them or to just record the content because they're like, I bought all this because somebody told me to in a mastermind and I don't really know what to do with it. So keeping it simple is extremely undervalued. I think people try to walk in and build a $10,000, $20,000 studio. And that's how they start. I'm not saying that's not the path. If you're able to commit, like I was just, I had a friend of mine that, um, I won't say his name, but he's his friend of mine on Facebook. And he's been asking me some questions about social media, but he started down the journey of like creating a lot of content and he doesn't really have anything off the backside, like a product or service. A lot of it's just built to, you know, build some credibility and authority for him in the marketplace, which is okay, but there needs to be a North star. <laughs> like I, like I said earlier for him. But I mean, he went balls to the walls. Like he went hard into this. He literally never really ever posted on social media to like posting four to five times a day, very quickly built out the whole studio, got some cameras, stuff like that. Just invested a lot of time and effort. And I told him, this is great. The videos look fantastic. Like you're doing a great job of keeping it up. But just remember what most people do is they start off hot and then they give up. And that's just the reality of it. People do that. Um, and the ones that, again, stay consistent after 12 months, those are the ones that normally make it out. They, those are the ones who stand out above everybody else. And it's the same crying anthem that I've been saying on this, you know, the, the last 48 minutes of this podcast, but it's that simple. So start off, start off simple. You know, you can, my camera looks great right now on video and I'm just using my iPhone as the web camera. Like it's, and then I've got a good microphone. Like you can achieve very, very good results with just simple setups. I know lots of people that, you know, their content looks professional and it looks great. And they're just using an iPhone. Like the technology that's in phones nowadays, you can achieve a lot of really good quality coming out of that. And I think that's another thing that people miss out on too, is they're not focusing on quality. Once again, there's, there's, there's parameters. Like if you're just starting off, don't be going out and buying, you know, $15,000, um, you know, $50,000 worth of camera equipment and trying to start there. Start from ground zero, start with your phone, make sure you're committed to it. Cause the way I look at it is if you're not willing to commit and record content on your phone and like something that's in your pocket, ready, readily available, then how are you going to commit to setting all that up and continue it? And the argument of that I get is like, yeah, but if I buy this, then that means I'm committed, but you're committed to the equipment, not the idea of like staying consistent on social media. There's a difference. Like you need to make sure that you start from one place and then jump to the next and then jump to the next. So I think that it's, it's very important to make sure you understand what you're getting yourself into go in at a level that you can fully commit to, and then move up to the next level, commit to that for a long period of time, move up to the next level, commit to that for a long period of time. And then eventually, you know, we're a, we're a, um, a third-party servicing provider for social media management, content, podcasting stuff. And I have clients graduate to in-house teams on a 
pretty consistent basis. It sucks. I don't like losing the client, but at some point they value so much of what we do that they're like, you know, Hey, it makes sense for us to bring it in house now because we have gotten to the level where we can have a full time social media and video person that's creating the content and then putting it out for us. And that's cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. That's, that's something that it's, it's hard to stomach from one point, but then the other point's like, I'm glad that you can, you, you value this so much that you're willing to do that. And that's a level that they get to. So we're kind of like a in between of somebody that's doing it all on their own. And then they come to us and then they graduate to in-house team, which you get more control and it's a little bit more effective. And that's cool. Cause there's only so much as a third-party service provider that I can do for somebody, but there's levels to it. It's just like everything else. So I think that's, you know, a lot of it is just kind of the thought process of how you lay this out as opposed to what's the skills or what's the tips or the tricks and the secret sauce. Like it's very simple from a surface level. And then as you get into it, you'll start to finesse, you'll start to grow, you'll start to um, see things that you can do better and, you know, what other people are doing and just be a student of the game. And that's the, that's, that's where you'll elevate above everybody else. Fantastic answer, sir. I really appreciate that. So now that we we kind of nailed down a lot of that stuff, and I appreciate how detailed you were with a lot of those answers, man. That was a, there's tons of good stuff. I'm gonna actually listen to this back, and then I'm gonna hit you up about my stuff. But <laughs> one of the things we were talking about before we started recording is you talked about how you love talking about mindset and just health and positivity and all that kind of stuff. And I always think it's interesting because when you have new investors or new people, all they want is the info. Hey, just give me the checklist. Just give me the steps. But when we go to Family Mastermind, shout out to Matt Andrews and places like that, like most of the time I tell people I'm not sitting down with guys who are multimillionaire real estate investors and they're talking about how they do their paperwork or how they run their ARV. <laughs> like we're yeah. always talking about like the work-life balance and getting out of your own way and, and, and all that kind of stuff. So it's really this stuff between your head. And I think pivoting that into what you were talking about, your stuff especially – People tend to go, well, I'm scared to put myself out there. And as much as people say they don't care what people think, they do, because that's the first thing is like, well, you're doing it for you, for your brand. But then it's like, well, I'm worried about what other people think. I don't want to put yeah. myself out there. What are people going to say? Because people on social media kind of suck too. You know, there's haters, they there's do. people that write crappy stuff. But you told a story. I listened to you. I did my homework on uh, another couple of podcasts. I call it your debit card story. And I'd love for you to tell that. And then I want to talk about why I think that's so important. Because I think that's a very powerful and relevant story. For me, I was like, holy shit, man. Like, that was that was incredible. Like, it, it, it hit me in a different way. And I'll explain why. But if you don't mind, do you even know what I'm talking about? I don't even know. if. I, yeah, <laughs> there's so many things. I, I get on a podcast that I'll give a story just because of like context. And then I forget about what it was. <laughs> so you had, yeah. you had a story about how you were at a mastermind and you went to go check out of the hotel and you couldn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. So that's a good, that's a good story. I think like from a uh, business owner perspective, that was one of the most jarring experiences I've had. But at the same time, I think, uh, you know, we're, and truthfully, you know, I'll, I'll kind of wrap this up and then tell the story, but the summary is like, we were, you know, out on a vacation basically. And it was with uh, a guy named Mike Hambright. He runs a great real estate investing mastermind called investor fuel. And at the time I was in investor fuel and he took a handful of people out to Cabo, Mexico for a little getaway. He has a timeshare out there and, and, you know, he had some, you know, nights built up and stuff like that. So he treated I think it was like six couples out there. And it was like one of the most fun trips that I've ever had. I loved it. And I knew going into it that I was like, man, I'm going to go here and I'm going to, you know, 
you know, I, I knew the people that were going. So I'm like, I'm just looking at it as a mastermind. So I'm going to try to like facilitate some information and conversations that are going to help me in my p- current position. And at the current position, we were going through some really bad growing pains. And one of that was getting tight on profit and cash. So um, there was just a certain level where we scaled up quickly. And then we scale too quickly. And a lot of people say you don't scale too quickly. You just don't manage the business correctly. And that was essentially what it was. Is We built up a very high level of overhead and then didn't keep an eyeball on like, okay, well, how much does it actually cost to onboard clients and to service clients? And we were just bringing on any and every client that you know we had. So we had a lot of clients and then we had no money. And so we went <laughs> to check out of the hotel and I had been keeping an eye on the bank accounts and stuff like that, which is a horrible way to manage your finances. Now, remember, this is like four and a half years ago. So guys, I've leveled up just a little bit. <laughs> um, but we went to check out of the hotel. And uh, the first of all, it was the credit card declined because it was maxed out. And then I swiped my debit card, my business debit card to try to just tech, check out and it declined as well. So then I had to use my personal debit, which, you know, that sucks. So I used my personal debit to check out and I had the money there. Um, but that was a very humbling experience. And to be truthful with you, like the way it came out was we got back and I reached out to a mastermind that I was in. Um, I was also in another mastermind that I had just joined collective genius and I, which, which I'm still in there. And I reached out to that mastermind and posted on the Facebook group. And I was like, opened up. I just like freaking got vulnerable and I didn't care. And I just did it. And I said, here's the situation. Here's the problems I'm going through. And lo and behold, I had like almost 150 comments on it. And, you know, I had people personally texting me, calling me like, hey, what can I do to help? Like, here's some, here's some of the things that I did and stuff like that. And what I realized was like at the time I was in like $15,000 worth of debt, business debt. Some of it was credit card and stuff like that. And, you know, there was people commenting on my post saying, you know, I was at a million dollars worth of debt or $10 million worth of debt. And this is how I got I'm like, well, I guess it wasn't that big of a deal. Um, but the reality was I got vulnerable and was willing to like look for the help. And that's normally like the cracking point. It's like, well, I felt something so hard within the process that I was finally willing to reach out to somebody. And I was trying to solve it all myself before the cracking point. Um, and we actually sort of going through that like recently because the market's just getting a little weird. People are, you know, starting to draw back their marketing. And we typically like going into the fall, it's a, it's hitting a little early, but typically going to the, like the end of August into September, I normally have a little bit of a client turnover because people are going into the fourth quarter. They're trying to tighten things up and, you know, that sort of thing. So I'll have some client turnover. Um, and as a service provider, that's just the reality. Like you get you get client turnover. Um, but recently we're going through that just a little bit in a different way. And so for me, I also, again, reached out to the same mastermind, Collective Genius. And then I also reached out to Matt Andrews and Gary Harper. And I was like, hey, here's some of the, the BS we're going through. And I got pretty emotional about it and that kind of thing. But I got the help that I needed. And I feel confident now going back into what we're doing and, and that sort of thing. So I think as you're going into this, like, of course, you, you kind of use the, you know, analogy of like social media and thinking about what people think about you. And that's very important to pull your ego out of it. You're not going to get help. You're not going to, whether it's posting on social media for marketing purposes and putting yourself out there, you're not going to get to where you want to go if you just stay in a shell and um, aren't willing to do things that make you uncomfortable. And it's very important. So. 
That's huge, man. And I, I appreciated hearing that story because I think one of my, I, I grew up with like no money and, you know, for years in college and in high school, I, I constantly have my cards declined. So even now, like every time, and like, even if I have a card free and clear, or I have a ton of money in my account, and I'm sure of it, I still give my card out and I look around, especially when we're at like business meetings, you're, you got a whole table of all the guys you look up to and you respect and you love and you're like, son of a bitch, like if they decline my business card in front of freaking David Olds and, you know, Matt Andrews and all these guys, like, well, what the, and then you start to go like, what's everybody going to say? And I think part yeah. of this stuff was like, it was really interesting to me when, when I heard you tell that story personally, because uh, you start to think of it as like, well, you join these masterminds to have that support. Yeah, and then we yeah. all tell the stories about like, oh, it's so nice to hear, not nice to hear that everybody else is going through problems, but you're not the only one. And not, not everybody has like all those things. But yeah. then like, I find myself not wanting to go talk to people in the masterminds about my problems. Cause like, well, then are they going to think that I suck? And I, like, am I going to ruin all my credibility? And you basically had like the worst case scenario of like, what is this going to look like if my cards get declined and you yeah. reached out and you were vulnerable and that's what those things are there for is they reached back out an olive branch and a hand and they pulled you in and everybody was there to help. And you didn't get up, but like, Oh, I knew it, man, you suck. And, and that's what you get for living above your means. And to, to that point, another time in my life, when I did have financial troubles, I remember going to other people in my life that weren't entrepreneurs, they weren't investors. And they all had really negative things to say about basically yeah. like, well, you deserved that for trying to do what you did, like yeah. becoming like an entrepreneur, real estate investor. And somebody, I think it might've been Mark Evans told me, it's not the rooms and the chats and the forums that you're paying. It's, you're not paying for the people that are in there. You're paying for the people that are not in there. And your story reminded me of that, of like, yeah, like when you do have that stuff and you do need something like that, being around those communities, like that's one of those things where you have people who have been in your journey and they're not going to judge you. And we're all trying to do the same thing. And we're all nervous about putting ourselves out there. But like that sense of community, that guys like collective genius who get shouted out like every podcast and Mark Evans and Matt Andrews, like those are the stories they hear and the people that I meet that I'm like, I found my tribe. Like I'm in the right place. And anybody else, like I, I almost, after I heard you say that was like, I'm not even going to bother posting on any of these other like social media groups that aren't kind of these three or four because yeah. why bother? You know what I mean? Like you have, you got, you got, you got the power there. Yeah. yeah. And it, it's, it's like, we, you know, it's, it's, it's a vulnerable thing to do is to ask for help. And as a, you know, maverick type personality, whether we like to wield that as a badge or not, it's like, man, that's, that's really a hit to the ego, but there are people there that can help. They, they truly can. And I, I normally, when I'm in a rut, I'll go to like, I have three people that I'll go to specifically. One of them's Matt Andrews, one of them's Gary Harper. <laughs> and I'll go to them specifically and say, bro, this is what I'm going through. Can you help me? Like, who do I need to talk to? What do I need to do? And I get super emotional sometimes, you know, I'm a very competitive person and, you know, like I, you know, recently we, like I said, we lost a good amount of clients, uh, due to some financial stuff, but then also I had a couple of clients take stuff in house. So it's just, you know, they're losing clients sucks and that takes a big hit on the revenue of course. And then the overall growth, it stunts the growth just a little bit on what you're going into. We had some big growth plans. But then I go to them and I'm like, yo, what's going on? And then I post it on Collective Genius. And sure enough, like other service providers are going through the same stuff. Like, yeah, like it's getting it's getting a little weird. Like people are wanting to take stuff in-house, not just social media, but they're wanting to take data in-house. They're wanting to take cold calling in-house and like all kinds of other stuff that is going on from a, from a business perspective. But, you know, 
it, like you said, it, it's not like, it's not nice to know, but it's nice to know I'm not the only one <laughs> yeah. and other people are dealing with stuff. So, um, yeah, I think like vulnerability is a very underrated value in an entrepreneur and business owner's life that you absolutely have to have and you can't live without, or else you're just gonna, you're literally gonna cast to the wayside alone. And that's not a place you want to be. Man, you you inspired me with that. That was a really that was like an aha moment. I'll, I'll remember that story for a very long time. So I appreciate that you shared it, and I appreciate that you shared it here, man. Yeah. So talking now, pivoting. So people that are listening, everybody wants to be a content creator. Everybody wants to get their stuff out there, and the people that are already doing it that maybe aren't getting the the conversions or the eyeballs on it that they want. Talk about color media. How do people reach out to you? How do you help them? How do you work with them? Talk all things, you sir. Yeah, for sure. So it's pretty simple. Like if you do want to connect with me, you could either email me at josh at colormedia.com. It's color spelled C-U-L-L-E-R. Um, that's like for your podcast listeners, you email me directly. I'll hop on a call with anybody um, to talk about like, you know, how I can help. Um, the other thing is, is that if you want to work with me specifically in terms of us uh, managing a podcast, YouTube channel, or your full social media, then we do that as well. We can work with just about any budget, but like we, I specifically craft services around you specifically. So I don't have like, here's package A, package B, package C. It's like, what are your needs? What is your budget? Let's work within that realm. And I help, you know, guiding, give some, you know, obviously advice on what that shapes up to be. Uh, but if you want to connect with me on that, colormedia.com is where you could go to kind of, you know, fill out a form and then, you know, send it over to me and then I'll get on a call with you as quickly as possible. Um, the other thing is I do offer coaching and um, consulting on all of this stuff. And I do hourly consulting. I do full like social media strategy sessions as well. And you could just go to the same places to contact me and ask me about that. If you're a type of person, like maybe you can't really necessarily afford it. Or you're just starting in the game and you need some, you know, assistance on like contextual assistance specifically for you about getting started then, um, you know, an hour consulting call would be probably a good place to start for you. But other than that, like I am, you know, I do put out content seldomly and, and we do test a lot. So you can find me on just about any social media platform. Just look for Josh Color, and you'll find me there. And that, that's about it. Awesome, man. Your, your podcast too, right? You can get that right through that same website. So I don't host the podcast anymore, but there's a lot of really good content on there. So <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about starting it back up. I haven't fully committed to it yet. Uh, but I'm going to probably start it back up by the end of the quarter. Um, but you can go to the same place, colormedia.com, and there's a podcast. If you're a real estate investor, I have a podcast called the REI Marketing Weekly, and there's probably 100 episodes there with some of the top real estate investors in the world talking about marketing. And a lot of it is timeless um, content. So go over there and check it out. That's awesome stuff, man. Well, I'm definitely going to book a call with you for sure because I could definitely use your expertise. Long overdue, sir. Now that I know we're neighbors, we definitely got to connect for lunch. I'll yeah. probably see you. You're going to be in uh, September. Matt, I'll be I'll be there in September. Yes, I will sir. see you there for sure too as well, man. So you, sir, bring your A-game to everything you do. This has been no different. You definitely put your A-game to this podcast today. Any final thoughts before I let you go about your day, sir? Just... Just push, just push through like what you're doing. I that's I'm taking that advice myself as well as I say it. Um, you know, I think that a lot of people like again the consistency factor. We talk about consistency on so social media. Consistency of investing and believing in yourself is you know highly valuable and very important along your journey. And lean on the people that you love and appreciate um, because you you can go you know 
you can go a distance by yourself, but you can go much further and much quicker with other people, you know, and, and, and build relationships with people that are going to take you under the wing and help you and get you and not just paying for a mastermind or a $30,000 coaching package, but making true connections with other people that are like-minded is very important. So invest a lot into relationships and you'll be, you'll be a-okay. I can definitely tell you are a student of Matt Andrews, sir. That's it. phenomenal. Phenomenal. That's why we, that's, that's why we jive together, man, for sure. That's awesome, brother. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person. I look forward to working with you in the future. Thank you for coming on yeah. today. Everybody listening, there'll be links directly in the show notes for this show to connect. Josh Carl, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day. You're so